The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. We're here in Bethlehem's most famous plaza, known as Manger Square. Behind me is the Church of the Nativity, the traditional birthplace of Jesus. It was here that an angel spoke to Joseph and warned him to take Mary and the baby to escape the infanticide of Herod. Now today we're going to go in the footsteps of the Holy Family along the traditional Isaiah 19 highway to the land of refuge, to Egypt. And it was also to Egypt that we took a strategic group of intercessors to stage a remarkable prophetic event at the pyramids. It's not every day a Christian meeting can be held at the base of Egypt's pyramids. Our ministry secured special permission to erect a gospel tent in the sands near the Great Pyramid of Giza. And as we arrived at sunset, Egyptian hospitality greeted our intercessory team. Special guests for the evening were believers representing Coptic and Evangelical churches in Cairo. This was a real opportunity to encourage local Christian believers as we shared about God's prophetic promise in Isaiah chapter 19, the vision of preparing the way of the Lord as a highway of holiness, connecting Egypt, Israel, and Assyria into a confederation of nations that will all worship the one God of Israel. Therefore God provided a sin offering. Christine preached a gospel message and we distributed the Jesus film to more than a hundred security police and the Egyptian staff. At the end of this unprecedented evening, we led a communion service in what we call our Tabernacle of David at the pyramids. Earlier in the convocation, Christine shared with the group the significance of staging this occasion in such an historic place. It's always moved me very much in Isaiah 19 where it says that uh, savior, a Savior will come on a swift cloud. And it is true that the Lord is our Savior, but He gives us the ministry in intercession of being little saviors. We're told as well in the last days that saviors, plural, will come up to Zion. And I believe as well that the Lord is raising up saviors for Assyria. How is that? Because we're told that not only will Egypt be called the people of God, God will recognize the blood of the martyrs. He will recognize his people throughout the centuries here in Egypt and call them those beautiful sacred words, my people. But he will call Assyria, which is basically modern day Iraq. So they tell me in some of the nation of Syria as well, the work of my hands. How does this happen that anybody becomes the work 
of the hands of God. If you are born again today, if you belong to the Savior, then you are His workmanship. Isn't that what the book of Ephesians says? We are His workmanship. And not only are we the work of His hands, but we are to do works that He has foreordained that we should do from the very foundation of the earth. Just as He will build this highway, there is a path. I believe the word in Hebrew for highway is derech, a way. There is a path that each one of us is to walk on. No one else can walk on that path. No one else can do that work. But what God has foreordained that we should do from the very foundations of the earth that we should walk in them as the work of his hand. I believe God has called us here today as his hand-picked people, whether we are Egyptian or from the 15 other nations, to be those saviors, those intercessors, because God has given us a supernatural love for this land if we were born elsewhere. But you know, God can do that. God, because he's sovereign, can give to somebody outside of a land territorial authority within that land. Do you know he can do that? Simply because he calls people to territories. That's why that wonderful evangelist that my husband and I work with for five years, Reinhard Bonke, he's not a black man. He often says, uh, if I scratched myself underneath, I, you would find a black man. But he's a man from Germany. But God has given him territorial authority on this continent. He was not born in this continent. Nevertheless, God recognizes his ministry to this continent. Likewise, I believe that if God, if you're not in Egyptian today, but if God has called you to this conference, to this land, he has given you two things today. I saw before we came in a vision the Lord holding out to us the coat of many colors. That speaks of the Joseph ministry. I believe he's given us, whether we are from outside the land or within the land, a Joseph ministry, which is one of favor, which is one of bringing that intercessory prayer that causes Egypt to be the house of bread for the world, that storehouse for grain for the world. The revival will be so mighty that the nations will come, as she has said, and eat of the grain of God's word here in Egypt. Isn't that beautiful? And we as those intercessors must have vision for this. We must have vision beyond our own land and have a world vision and believe that it will happen in this day of the highway, in this time of restoration. Hallelujah. I am told that the name Zephaniah that Joseph was given by Pharaoh, one translation is Savior of the world. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. 
I've read that in, in other books, that that is a translation of Zephnapanea. Forgive me for my mispronunciation. But Pharaoh prophetically gave that name to Joseph because that's what he became. He saved the known world from famine. Hallelujah. And God has that call upon this nation. Nations have calls. I personally believe that Egypt is like the jewel of Africa. Hallelujah. To be that house of bread where in the last day revival, people, hungry people, will come and eat of the grain of life. Now, God has purposed that it will happen. That two-mouthed sword means that somebody must be bold enough and willing enough and take the time in the earth to speak the counsel of God. And if we won't do it, God will wait for a generation that will do it. For he says in Amos, he will do nothing, absolutely nothing. Do you believe that? Unless he first reveals it to his people, the prophets. Who are those ones who will speak his word? Why does he reveal it to us? Because he wants to come, he wants it to come to pass. He's determined that it will come to pass, but he waits until his people have enough collective desire to claim it. And this is what we're going to do tonight. Again, not by might nor power, but in the wisdom of God, in the song of God, I believe we will be able to sing publicly. Because the Arab people love to sing. They love poetry. I believe we will be able to proclaim with great liberty the purposes, the eternal purposes of God for this great nation tonight. And we will be helping to fulfill God's purposes. Now, we know that we only have a little piece of the puzzle, that there are many, many holy people in the deserts, in the monasteries, who have been believing for this for years. God has his hidden people, just like in the days of Elijah. Remember, he had 7,000 who had not bowed the knee to Baal. And God always has more of his people than are here today who have been faithfully believing for this longer than you and I have been believing for it. The, the martyrs have been crying out for thousands of years for this. But we just want to add our voices to the prayer bowls in heaven. How many of you know in Revelation chapter 8, there are golden bowls on the golden altar in heaven. And I don't know really what bowl is over Egypt, but I believe there's a big golden prayer bowl over Egypt. How many of you believe that? And the saints have been filling up those prayer vials with their prayers throughout the centuries. You heard from the year 61 AD. I was so touched to hear about Mark, the Apostle Mark, and the kind of death he gave for the gospel. Fulfilling the words of our Lord, that they would be taken before councils and before men and testify. His prayers were some of the first to go into those golden bowls. 
and they've been sitting there at the bottom of the bowl. As believers throughout the centuries have been adding their prayers, adding their prayers. Now we have come in the last days, the bowl is about ready to run over. Do you believe that? Who knows but that here we come at the very end of time of this dispensation. Who knows if our prayers will be the last prayers before these prayers are overturned on the earth. What happens when the bowls are overturned on the earth? We're told that they turn into voices, lightnings, earthquake, and fire. You think, who me? My, my little prayer? My little prayer today? Yes, it was collected. It may not have sounded like much. It may not have sounded like the mighty. Sometimes you think your prayers are not having much effect. And I believe, brothers, there's a great time of outpouring for Sudan. When those prayers of your people have been collected, they are going to be overturned in the Kairos moment of God. And they will become voices of revelation. They will become lightnings. That speaks of the power of God. It speaks of the voice of God. Thunders they will become. And earthquakes. Shakings. God will shake everything that can be shaken so that only that which cannot shaken will remain. And we will see the greatest revival in this region. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So we want to, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we want you to be inspired today. It's not just your prayers. It's your dancing. It's your prophetic acts. It's the waving of your banners. All of this is not fallen to the ground and lost, but it's collected by God. And in the Kairos moment, in the moment of visitation, God never forgets one tear. He never forgets one prayer. Are our tears not all collected in a bottle? The psalm says. God is keeping every prayer, every tear. They will be overturned. And we will see a great revival. We will see a great shaking. And we will see nations coming to this region to receive the bread of life. Right now, these nations are not very happy with one another. But they're going to be in a league together because they're all going to know the Lord, not by might nor power, but by the Spirit of God is going to happen as God in his mercy gives us the burden of the Lord for Egypt. Why have we come here first to hold this Tabernacle of David type celebration today? We believe the highway will start from Egypt. We hear a voice coming from the throne of God. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. 
Heavenly Father, you have kept us, you've preserved us. You've brought us to the kingdom today for such a time as this. Father, we remind you that your word says better is the end of a thing than the beginning. And so we believe that the end of the church age here in Egypt will be even more glorious than the beginning. Give us strength, Father, to do your will. Give us the strength that the martyrs had. Help us not to love our lives, oh Father. Let us be part of that overcoming company. Father, we want to believe that for Sudan and for Ethiopia today too, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. And we're believing, Father, for your great outpouring. In the name of Jesus, amen. When praying and preparing for this conference, I saw a whirlwind. Do you know that the Lord can speak from a whirlwind? You know that, don't you? The word says that. And I saw a whirlwind coming into the desert of Egypt. And in this vision, he spoke from the whirlwind. And he said, oh, Egypt, fear not. Just worship me. Praise me. And I believe that was a word not only for this conference, but for this land and for the believers in this land. And that reminded me that there are many weapons of warfare. And I'm going to just list them in about one minute's time. The name of Jesus is our greatest one. Philippians 2.10. And equally great is the blood I remember one time, maybe six years ago when I was preaching in Cairo, I had such a physical attack against my life, I felt that my life was going right out of my body. I'm not being dramatic, I'm just telling you what happened. What do you do in times like that? You remember the name of Jesus, you remember the blood. I began to shout the blood. I went out on my balcony overlooking the Nile just so it could be loud enough for the devil to hear me and kept saying, the blood, the blood, the blood covers me. And the attack left. It is one of our greatest weapons. Then, of course, the word of God. When it's sent forth, it will accomplish the purpose tonight for which God is sending it. It will not return back to Egypt void, but it will move throughout the land. How many of you know that when we send forth the word tonight, it will move on the wings of the Spirit as the voice of the Lord throughout the land? And of course, that's the next one, number five, the voice of the Lord. Psalm 29, Isaiah 30 and verse 30, what I read to you earlier. Number six, the fire of God. Numbers 11, 1, 2, 3. Number 7, here's another one, trumpets. Trumpets. We're going to have a silver trumpet in the tent tonight. And God is bringing this revelation more to the body of the power of the sound of the trumpet when it is released in faith, whether it's a ram's horn or a silver trumpet, it's shatters strongholds. Do you believe that? God's bringing that revelation 
to the body. Number eight, thunder. Arrows and lightning of the Lord. 1 Samuel 7, 10. Psalm 18, verses 12 to 14. Number nine, the hand of the Lord. 1 Samuel 5, 6. When God's hand comes down on the powers of darkness over a nation, no demon in hell can stop it. Also, what we read earlier, Isaiah 30 and verse 30. We're going to see that in days to come after this conference. How many of you believe it? Again, we're not talking about human beings. We're talking about the powers of darkness. Hailstones. Psalm 18:12. Coals of fire as well. Number 11, the whirlwind of the Lord. Zechariah 7, 14. Number 12, the tambourine. You know, sometimes you get in a meeting and you think, why does that sister strike that tambourine? But as we read in Isaiah 30 and verse 30 today, at the striking of the tambourine, strongholds are shattered. You think, my goodness, that looks like you're doing nothing. But God takes your prophetic action and then he sends his judgments against the powers of darkness. So when you strike that tambourine in faith, God's warring angels go to work. Hallelujah. The winds of the Lord, Ezekiel 13 and verse 13, and Jeremiah 49 verse 36. Do you know God can send forth plagues? We know that from Exodus. In Numbers 11:32, chariots of the Lord, Psalm 68:17, and 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. May the Lord open our eyes tonight to be able to see the chariots of fire surrounding us. Number 16, angels of the Lord that war, deliver, destroy, and minister. Number 17, the terror of the Lord. There's a lot of terrorism going on throughout the world today. But our God is the arch terrorist of the enemy of our souls. Psalm 9, verse 20. Next one, the hammer of the Lord. That's Jeremiah 23, 29. Do you know that when you send forth the word of the Lord, it's not, not only coming out as a sword, but he uses it as a hammer to break strongholds. The breath, the nostrils of the Lord, when he breathes on a situation, the enemy is scattered. Isaiah 30, 32. Here's one of my favorite ones, the broom of the Lord. From Zephaniah chapter 1 and also the fan and the winnowing fork which is related of the Lord Luke chapter 3 17 when God wants to bring a restoration a reformation he sends the broom of the Holy Ghost through a land we want to invite some of you brave people to come up with us to Jerusalem next weekend we're having a Passover conference. We're so thrilled to be in Egypt at the Passover time. 
and we're going from Egypt up to our conference in Jerusalem. We're having our fifth Passover conference, and we believe the broom of the Holy Spirit is being taken to the church to sweep the paganism out of the church. One reason why the Jews have been blinded was because of their missing their time of visitation. Amen? They missed their time of Messiah coming. And so God gave them a judicial blindness, but not forever. They will only be blind until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. But one thing that has enforced the blindness upon them is the paganism in the church. Many of our um, things that we do during holidays are taken from pagan cultures and it causes the Jews not to see Jesus. And as I travel throughout the world, I see the broom of the Holy Ghost is sweeping the cobwebs out of the church. These things. It's happening. It's very fascinating to watch. Here's another weapon. The mighty scepter or rod of the Lord. Psalm 110, verses 2 and 3. And he says, the scepter of the wicked will not remain on the land of allotted to the righteous. Hallelujah. And so we want to extend the scepter of the Lord in prophetic psalm and proclamation in this conference. And as we do it, his word will not return void. I think that is one of the most mighty scriptures for Egypt and weapons. The last one I want to mention is the battering ram. Ezekiel 21 and 22. Many times he uses our prayers like a battering ram. And we think, well, we've prayed for six weeks or six months and nothing has happened. But there has been the battering ram of the Holy Ghost in this nation for nearly 2,000 years. And there will be a mighty breakthrough. Amen. And who knows if this conference might be one that will, will give one of the greatest salvos in the spirit. We're not saying, Egypt, we have arrived and we're going to do it all. We know we're just one little piece of the puzzle. We come very humbly today. But we say, by the revelation of God, we see how important this is to God, and we want to have a part in it by his grace. Hallelujah. Do you understand me? We're very privileged to be here today. Well, we're back in Jerusalem now in the center of the Isaiah 19 highway, and we're still helping to prepare the way of the Lord here in Jerusalem. And you also can help to prepare the way of the Lord by praying for our ministry, by praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And you can learn about our prayer conferences here to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the Isaiah 19 highway by visiting our website at exploits.tv. Until next time, I'm Christine Dark saying Shalom from Jerusalem. Something prophetic, something biblical and surely significant is always happening here in the city of the great king in Jerusalem, the worship capital of the world. We want to thank you for being a part of the Jerusalem channel and for faithfully supporting it. 
It's because of your support that we're able to bring vital insights in these last days. And we especially want to remind you to receive your free copy of our Exploits Ministry magazine. You can receive it by going 24-7 to our website at exploits.tv. And in the United States, we have a toll-free number. Also, in the UK, we have a telephone number so that you can send us your comments, which I always enjoy reading, and your prayer request. I want to pray for you here in the City of the Great King. So please stay in touch with me via Twitter, Facebook, or our website. Blessing you from the City of the Great King. I'm Christine Darg. Shalom.